Hey, this is Tug Coker and Catherine Wild Coker. And we're just here to say thank you to everyone who listens to the show each week at the long finish. We love it. If you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, it's great to see you all out there giving your thoughts to us. Can I just say, when you say that, let me just break it down. If you know how to rate and review, that's great. If you don't, you just open the thing that you normally listen to podcasts on you go to the main page of the show and you give it the five stars and then you click review and you write like these guys are fun or i listen every week or whatever comes to your mind or my niece is spectacular because i know you're talking about you're talking to your three aunts it could be anyone here but that's how you do it i just wanted to give that little tip wow Always teaching. So if you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to The Long Finish at iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, it would mean a lot to us. We're having a lot of fun bringing the show to you and look forward to doing it more this summer and beyond. So thanks again for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. And now let's get back to episode 34 of The Long Finish. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Wild Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Happy Saturday night for you and me. That's why we're taping this. Saturday night. What song was that? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I made it up. The only Saturday night I can think of is obviously Saturday Night Fever, but Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting by Elton John. I'm sure there's many other Saturday Night songs. If they're out there, hit us up on Instagram with the long finish. Let us know what Saturday Night song we're missing right off the bat. That is silly. It's a bad start for the show. Let's just be honest. (laughs) Moving along. We we deserve to give you all more songs than that. Mm. Episode 34 of the long finish, we made a vow to try to put an episode out as often as possible for the first year. So if you're looking to hang on and get more of the show, you're going to do it. We're going to keep pushing on through the summer and keep talking to you about what's going on in the wine world, what's going on between my wife and I, Catherine, sitting next to me and the two kids, and how we're going to open a restaurant business. I mean, that's going to be very interesting the next couple of months. I mean, yeah. We're out here in California. We picked a good year, actually. Yes, very interesting you journey. Know. So if you're interested to know how restaurants are going to survive, we're just kind of in wait. And we'll talk a more about that because I know it's a discussion we've been having a lot lately. But first of all, how are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's nice to talk to you in this format without a little person here and without dishes in the sink. I'm feeling like I'm settling into this weird new routine that we have. And I guess it feels regular. You know what I mean? We are getting into a bit of a routine. Quickly, want to just kind of make an allusion to what we're drinking tonight, so we can circle back to this in a moment. We're drinking a wine, a style of wine that I think is really having a moment. Would you agree? Oh yeah, it's been having a moment, and it is still having a moment. What are we drinking tonight? What we we'll be discussing? This is the Patton Valley Vineyard 
Pinot Noir Rosé Petient Naturel from Willamette Valley Vintage 2019. It's a Petient Naturel, otherwise known as Petnat in its sort of like fun, hip, friendly style. It's a lighter sparkling wine, sort of afternoon, if you will, kind of sparkling wine that is often cloudy, uh, more natural, and often less expensive than its older sister, Champagne or Cremant. And it's super fun. It just feels like fancy free summer. And that's really what we're getting into. I and mean, this is just crossing the Memorial Day weekend holiday when you hear this. And really is kind of the unofficial start for summer, an unusual summer for many people out there, including us. But there's no reason not to drink great, refreshing wines. And this is a second go round for us. We love this wine so much. This is our second bottle with this wine well this is our second bottle within the month but i've loved this vineyard for a long time this producer uh it's all estate grown we used to pour it by the glass we used to pour the pet nap by the glass long ago we poured a rosé by the glass they have a pet nap of riesling like I'm really a fan of these guys and what they're doing in Oregon and it is my pleasure to drink this again it's just a fun fancy free wine yeah it's fun delicious refreshing if you're looking to do any sort of social distance gatherings in the future where it's allowable this is a bottle that I would consider taking for yourself. Absolutely. Plus, <laughs> it's a screw cap. Yep. So you just bring your little to-go cup, and you can walk right down on the sidewalk. At least, you know, here you can. So I do it. Hey, look, there's some silver linings coming out of this quarantine, and something that I've always been in favor of, which is this to-go style cocktail. I mean, obviously, there's you don't want to have any sort of riffraff happening, but those cities that have the ability to enjoy a cocktail on a walk feels like a real pleasure. And so for the time being, to have that is seems like a, a fun window. I don't know. It just seems like a nice, nice gesture and something that could be really leaned into for people who just want to go on walks and sort of be around people and have still have a drink. I mean, during quarantine, it completely makes sense. If people are staying home or they just want to like go around in their neighborhood and go on a walk and have a glass of wine. So makes sense. L.A. will be funny because when we start to reopen and people drive, yeah, that'll be a is real. whole right. other situation. And no one is going to want to take like shared riding situations, etc. So point. that will be another problem. But if you're just at your house, if you're just in your neighborhood, in your backyard, in, you know, or if you come to a restaurant in the future and you're waiting outside on the sidewalk and get to have a glass of wine before you go into the restaurant. That sounds like a good deal. So I hope that that's possible. You allude to another thing that I think is in big talks throughout LA County, which is the idea that maybe restaurants, a lot of signs are pointing to restaurants needing to be outside because things are much safer outside for a lot of offices and dining areas, et cetera. So we'll be seeing maybe more alfresco dining for the next year or so. And that's something that Esther's really has been set up. And the idea of maybe adding some tables to sidewalks and things like that seems like like I said, making a tough time seem a little bit more fun. Yeah, and we are lucky in the sense that we already have a patio. Let's just extend it a little bit more. And we are lucky that we're in Santa Monica where the weather is pretty nice. So that will be fun for people. That That's that's a plus for us. I mean, we're all working on ways. I know, I know the restaurants, groups at large, we're all rooting for... Kath and I root for every restaurant in general because we know how hard oh it is. Oh my gosh, all the time, but yeah, even the time. now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I am in, inspired by so many of the restaurants. Watching like Providence, Cato, Vespertine, all these places that are seen as like fine dining, kind of pivot hard. Rustic Canyon, even. I mean, know. those that's super inspiring. Yeah, it is inspiring to watch them sort of say, "Hey, we're, we're going to do some family style meals. Like, we got to keep the doors open." So I, I really just you know shout out to everyone who listens to this podcast. You're probably all somewhat involved with like supporting your local restaurants, and thank you for doing that. And it is inspiring to watch people these hard pivots to bring some great food to people. Speaking of great food, I had dinner tonight. <laughs> Speaking of great food, I, let me I pat my it. own back. I mean, well, I didn't really make any. Food. I bought some. <laughs> I bought some mozzarella and tomatoes from Cantor Canyon Farm. Oh Shout my out Cantor gosh. Canyon, great tomatoes. Those tomatoes are epic. And that basil. He walked in the door this morning from the farmer's market, and I could smell him from the door. The basil was just like wafting out of the bags. It smelled so good. Oh, what is that in there? That's basil. That basil smells amazing. Rosemary's always been my favorite herb, but I think basil is, is surging to the top of the ranks. When it's like really good, it yeah. is. I bring this up because we had a discussion about we're enjoying cooking at home. There is a lot to be said about the value of cooking at home. The affordability, the creativity, the exploration all have value. The one thing that I cannot stand is the dishes. Is anyone else as tired of doing the dishes as I am? Well, also, you're washing your hands all day, all the time, and now you're doing dishes. I mean, my hands are like sandpaper. Yeah, I mean, we probably spend an hour, 45 minutes cleaning up. So we kind of talked about an idea that maybe could put some money in some people's pockets where it's like an Uber dishwasher service or like a basically like a food app for dishwashers where they just go around and say, hey, can we do your dishes for you? You know, on certain nights when you have a special occasion, you're just like, oh, look, here's 50 bucks or 40 bucks. Like, can't do the dishes. You know, like, I'm, let, let me use the app, please. There's got to be a dishwasher app. It sounds like a great, great app. Because there's... I want to have a monthly membership yeah. Or weekly. I mean, you're riding a high of making this nice meal. Everyone's feeling satisfied and, and pleased. And then you're like, oh, when the kids go to bed, I got an hour of cleanup. Well, we're in that phase like right before our kids can do chores. You know, as soon as they're old enough, then they are doing the dishes and they can get allowance points for doing it. Well, our four-year-old definitely wants to do chores to stay up. He's like figuring out all these ways to sort of like keep from going to bed. And now helping clean up is one of those things. I'll help clean up. Well, last night, like he did a decent job of cleaning up. Tonight, it was pathetic. <laughs> was like, And you mm -hmm. told him that. I thought that was so rude for you to say, you're pathetic. You just say that to him. I would never say that just to kidding. our child. I'm just kidding. Holy moly. I'm just kidding, everyone. Well, anyway, so the coming weeks, Esther's has a lot of thinking to do about, you know, the reopening, which sounds like will be not before July 4th, but, you know, a lot of things to think about to keep not only the staff safe, but the guests safe. We're encouraged because we have a lot of outdoor seating, but we'll be sure to keep you updated with what we're thinking about that. And of course, if you want to help invest in this dishwasher app, please just hit us up at the long finish on Instagram. <laughs> but let's get into some wine. Let's get into one of the more refreshing wines I've had in the last, or of 2020, I would say. So let's go ahead and recap the wine. And really crushable. Is oh my. So crushable. So let's go ahead and talk about Pat Nats and, and so, this one in particular. Yes, this is the Patton Valley Vineyard Pinot Noir Rosé Petit Naturel from Willamette Valley, Oregon, vintage 2019. It's 100% Pinot Noir and it's all from their estate vineyards. So let's talk about Pet Nats. What is Pet Nat? Pet Nat is the cute short name for 
Petient Naturel. And I'm quoting somebody and I don't know who, but someone has said it's like champagne's hipper younger sister. And I think that's a great way to describe it. It's a fizzy wine. It's a sparkling wine, but the bubbles are softer. And it's because it doesn't go through a full secondary fermentation. It's more like an extended one long fermentation. And this is a method that has come back in style since the 90s, become like kind of hip that started in Loire Valley and became popular with this natural wine movement because there's less steps involved, less intervention and winemaking involved. But it is a really old way of making wine. And back in the day, and still some wine is referred to in this way, it's called Method Ancestral. That dates back to the 1600s. So it's just a simple process of sparkling wine. You have yeast, you have sugar. You put it in a bottle and fizzy things happen. That's it. So unlike champagne, that's you take a still wine and then you put it in a bottle and then you add yeast and sugar and then you let it age on its lees and then you take out the lees, which is such an intense process. This is just one process. Yeast eating sugar, fermentation's happening. Sometimes during that fermentation, while it's still happening, they're putting it into a bottle. Sometimes that fermentation naturally stops. They put it in a bottle. They add just a hint more sugar, a dosage, and put the cap on. And that just eats up the rest of that sugar and captures that CO2. The CO2, that's the bubbles. And when we capture that, that's what gives us sparkling wine. So as I said, this fun movement started in the Loire Valley in the 90s, but now it's spread everywhere. There's Petnat in Austria, in Germany, in Italy, in Spain. There's Petnat in Australia, in the United States, in California, in Oregon, in Maryland. There's Petnat. There's Petnat all over now because it's a fun movement. It's less expensive than making making champagne or traditional method sparkling wine. And there's a certain like fun to it. Plus, it's less expensive because you don't need all the equipment and all the time for aging that you need to make traditional method sparkling wine. This is just a heck of a lot easier. Two other sort of pet nat things. One, it has lower alcohol because you're not adding a lot more sugar and more yeast. It ends up being lower alcohol. And two, a lot of the time, it has this fun kind of cloudy color as this wine does tonight. And this means that it was not disgorged. So after the sugar ate the yeast, we have alcohol. The producer did not take out the dead yeast cells. They ended up being in the wine still. And it gives us this cloudy, unfiltered look. It also gives it this lazy, textured feel. So that adds more fun when you're looking at it. It's a reflection of that natural wine movement that this was born out of. It means less intervention with the wine. It's just another element. Now, it's not necessary. I mean, people who are producing pet gnats absolutely can disgorge, absolutely can take out the dead yeast cells, and they can still have a very clear wine. But lots don't because it's not part of like, I don't know, the pet gnat vibe. I think we have a little more in-depth discussion on disgorgement in one of the previous episodes. I want to say it's episode 26, which is Wines for Spring. It's a Summeriva Spumante. We talk a little bit about disgorgement. And we also talk about that again. Champagne Mommy. And Champagne Mommy, which is episode 12. 
So if you're looking for more discussions on disgorgement and different styles of sparkling wine and the process in which they're made, look for episodes 12 and 26. My question to you about this, and then we'll get into the wine that we have tonight, which is, do you equate the popularity of Petnet to be tied to the rise of like the appeal of natural wine they kind of go hand in hand definitely because it's a way well one people are accepting of this wine that is unfiltered people are accepting of a wine that is cloudy they know that that doesn't mean oh that's dirty that means oh there's less manipulation with that wine how interesting there's also this just like the natural wine movement kind of like broke open people's willingness to experiment people's willingness to try something new and not just buy wine or taste wine that tasted exactly like the last wine they had you know it just is sort of like an opening of something that could be different I also think Petnat is popular because so many people want to drink sparkling wine. And here's a way to do it from great producers that's just not as expensive. And it is still from a producer who has a lot of integrity. You're not just drinking bulk wine from Prosecco that's cheap. You're not just drinking sparkling wine that was made by being carbonated, which is true. Like really cheap sparkling wine is just carbonated. This is a wine that's still made in an honest way, but just less expensive. And I love that term fancy free because I feel like that's what it is. Now it's different than champagne. It's a completely different experience. And the bubbles are so much softer. It's often finished with a crown cap, like a beer cap. This happens to be screw cap. And it can be a regular cork too. That's fine. But that just goes to like the feeling of this being like more casual and easy, fun, less expensive. I like the screw cap because it travels. You know, yeah. That's a, that's a nice plus. So easy. You yeah. don't need any equipment. For this particular wine. A second question to you is, this style of wine is where we see the most volatility in the wine. Anyone who's in, involved in wine who has, you know, pet nats close to them has opened a pet nat and has exploded on them. Talk a little bit about that, please. Like, the, you know, you don't know necessarily what you're getting with the pet nat because it's... I don't know why. I mean, help me, you know, understand that better. Why am I sometimes opening a pet nat and they're blowing up in my face? That's a good question. So here's the thing. Most of the time, a lot of time, pet nets are natural, right? So you have a fermentation, but you may have extra yeast left over that fermentation. And if it gets warm again, if it starts re-fermenting a secondary fermentation that's unintentional, that's creating more bubbles and more heat. That's more pressure under the cap. So no matter if that second fermentation is awakened by heat or by travel or just natural, you sometimes can't control that. Penets are just a, a wild Mustang. You just got to be on for the ride. They're unbridled. Just hold on for dear life. So just know for those of you out there, you know, buying Penets or buying Penets for the first time that you might encounter a couple bottles that are going to explode on you. <laughs> and you just run them to the sink and let them do their job or whatever. It happens. It happens. So let's talk about this wine tonight. Let's do a little tasting on the wine. Talk a little bit more about why we're in love with it and everything else that comes with that. So let's taste it. First of all, wow. Look at this color. It is such a pretty, pretty peachy peach peach with this sort of layer of bubbles just sitting on the top. I don't really see that many bubbles floating to the top. I just sort of see this layer of bubbles around the rim. They're just kind of hanging out. And I swirl the glass. And I can see some legs coming down decently fast. 
This is 12% alcohol. Woo! Okay, so I'm putting my nose in there. First, thinking of fruits. White peach, wild strawberry, ruby red grapefruit. I also get not just white peach, but like those peach rings, those candy peach rings with sugar all, ar- all over them. You almost got like a fresh paint thing. I get that, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, just a yeasty character to it too, just like that fresh yeast. And I kind of get almost like those store-bought sugar cookies, like from a grocery store, that kind of yeast, like sugary yeast. There's also kind of like a rocky minerality to it, like wet stones or wet pavement. No sense of wood, no sense of really herbs. It's just more like mineral and that wild tart fruit, sugary fruit, and the lazy characteristics. All right, let's taste it. Totally underripe fruit on the palate. Like the peach and the strawberry are completely tart and underripe. Not as much of the grapefruit. It's more of like the strawberry and the peach. And they fade away in an instant. The fruit is there for a second and then it fades away. And it fades into a broader texture. Maybe even a little sort of hint of tannin that spreads out over your tongue. But then dissipates immediately. It's not super high acid. It's more like medium acid. It's not making my mouth crazy water. That sense of broadening on the palate sort of lets it sit, which means this is a great wine that we could drink without food, just on the patio. It's absolutely dry, and the bubbles are very fine. You feel like a tingling sense over your tongue, mostly the front part of your mouth, just tingling, and then it's gone, washed away. It's just super refreshing. Very refreshing. And you're talking about a broad texture, but I think part of the appeal of this wine is it's very experiential. Like the bubbles, the texture is just it's very pleasurable and the glugability. Throwing out all these fake words tonight. But I have a question for you. We talk about the freshness of the fruit on the nose, underripe on the palate. If we were to blind this wine, would you say it was old world? I always say that that's my trick Correct. for old world. Yeah. But when I go back to the nose, I think that fruit is pretty tart and underripe on the nose too. It's almost like a tart, underripe peach and a sugary peach ring at the same time. Is that funny? No, that makes sense. But, I mean, you know, as a person who always tries to think of, like, deductive reasoning or clues, shorthand, would underripe on the nose, underripe on the palate, make you think colder climate, which could lead to Pacific Northwest or something like that. Yeah, and also this could be the time of picking. I know that Patton Valley specifically has fruit that they use for their rosé and their patinat. They may pick that fruit earlier to get that more crisp, just ripe or just underripe sense. In a rosé, that's so important because you want that freshness. There's nothing worse than having something overripe in a rosé. It makes a lot of sense to me. I'm glad you brought up the winemakers. Do you have any information on these lovely winemakers that you've been supporting and working with for years? Yes, and I really think they are a special, special winery. So there are a group of owners friends started this winery. So they purchased the site in 1995, 72 acres that was abandoned cherry and prune orchard to make wine. And only about 30 acres is planted to vines. Where is this? We're in Willamette Valley. Yeah, exactly. 
Derek Einberger is the winemaker and vineyard manager, and they are 100% certified sustainable, which is actually like a thing that you get in Oregon. Like there's a process of getting it. They only use organic composts and they never use herbicides in their vineyards. They just have low impact in their viticulture. They're also a certified B Corporation, which has, is, I'm sure many of you know, but is like a certification that has a lot of social and environmental value about how they treat their employees, how they give back, and what they're doing for the environment. So that is super huge. So they're treating the land great and they're treating people great. I'm just a big fan of what they do. And I think their wines are consistently super high quality, not fancy, but just honest wines. I think the way they treat their employees and the kind of product that they put out there, it's not meant to be hip. It's just fantastic. They're just making great products. And I think that that's sort of, um, I sort of get that sense from the label. Like they have this blue label, which the blue is kind of cool. And the wine is like this peachy, unfiltered color. But the script on the label is sort of, it's like very classic Oregon or I don't know, classic wine. It's not like hip in a sense. It doesn't say like, buy me, I'm the hottest, hippest wine on the block. Can I just jump in on in this? Because as a person who loves to monitor the entire process of, you know, in which a wine is made, from the drinkability of the wine to the label. We're both proponents of this wine, you especially. This wine, you know, you've been working with this group for years. I have been this wine is buying delicious. this wine forever. As a person who's kind of a step removed, I will say this. You will not be in love with this wine because of the label. The label looks like it could be something out of, to be frank, a grocery store. But still buy this wine because the wine is so spectacular. And I just want to, if I have a chance to talk to the winemakers out there and the owners, I would consider looking at, maybe doing a a 2.0 on the label just because we want people to buy your wine. We want people to love your wine as much as we do, and we want to make sure people aren't stopping themselves because of the look of the wine bottle. This is being completely honest and fair. No, I think that's really good because I think these wines are awesome, and they're so worth drinking. And I just want everyone to be picking it off the shelf, and you might not with this label. Yeah. So what we're saying, just to reiterate, everyone should be drinking this wine. Everyone should be buying this wine. And if the owners and winemakers of this wine want to look at doing a refresh of the packaging, we're we would endorse it. that. <laughs> but get this wine. And get this wine with some food. What food are we thinking about with this wine and with pet nuts in general? Yeah, I mean, and I said this wine would be great without food, this particular wine. But I think of pet nuts as such like an outdoor picnicky sort of wine. A lot of times they might be under a beer cap. This is a twist off label. I'd have this with the salad that we had tonight for dinner with tomato, basil and mozzarella. I would have this with just a really awesome ham sandwich, ham on baguette in my backyard with this pet nat. It feels like something not too fancy and just summery. Next question. Where can people outside of LA and New York and you know Chicago and all the major metropolitan areas go and find a pet nat and find a quality pet nat? And how, do they, how would you advise them talking to someone at a local wine store and saying, could you introduce me to a wine similar to the wine I'm talking about here? And take this wine label that we're going to show on Instagram and show it to your local stores and say, help me find something, if not exactly like this, 
Somewhat of this. Now, as always, I say, go to your local store and ask for a pet net. Ask for a pet net. Ask for a petit naturel. If they don't know what that means or they don't have that, then consider this. This is a great time when many wine stores, amazing wine stores, are shipping wine all over. Consider finding a different wine store and buying something online to be shipped to you. It's such a specialized thing. And if someone's local wine store doesn't have pet net, there's not really a substitute. So you might want to just step outside your box and call somebody else. I'm happy to help you. Plenty of great wine stores across the country. They'll be absolutely. Happy to help. And there's probably one in your state that just may be the next city over or something. Yeah, and let us know. I mean, we said this from the beginning. I'm always happy to help with yeah, that. DM us on, at the Long Finish and say, hey, could you help us find a wine store that buys wine similar to what we're drinking at Esther's? We'd love to help you connect to someone in your community. So, pet nets. We've been in, drinking pet nets for a while now. In New York, I know they're humongous for years now, and hopefully everyone else out there is enjoying them too. And so hopefully you'll find some at your local wine store and you'll drink with us today. Catherine, yes. There's one other thing we'll say about the pet net thing. Now, sparkling wines, sometimes you can put a great sparkling stopper on it and it will last you another day. Not the case with the pet net. Pet nets really die after a single sitting. So it's a wine that's meant to be enjoyed in the moment. Don't save it for the next day. That's a point to be considered seriously. That's a really good point. I'm glad you said that. So enjoy your pet nets in one sitting. That's it. Not a problem here. Okay. Let's get to what has been inspiring us this week. I'll go first. I was inspired by an article this week from Derek Thompson, who's a writer for The Atlantic. And he writes an article called Social Distancing is Not Enough. And somehow we've politicized the health of America in some way by wearing masks, not wearing masks, social distancing. This article really just is about facts. There's just a lot of studies out there showing cases where coronavirus or COVID-19 was spread, and they just relay the facts of how it happened, how it happened in this South Korean telecommunications office, how it happened at this restaurant in China, how, how it happened to this choir singing together, and how it happened. And it talks about what all of us need to do in the next year to make sure that we're all safe. So I just thought it was a really nice, unbiased article just saying, listen, this is what we think you know needs to happen. And this is why these COVID-19 cases were spread. Catherine and I both tend to stay away from a lot of, I would take that back. Catherine tends to stay away from a lot of the things that happens as to the, the everyday progress, the toggling of the coronavirus, COVID-19. I don't read news. I follow it. And this was an article I thought was just really refreshing. So if you're, as my sister Lori said, I sent it to her. It's a long article. So if you have 15, 20 minutes at your disposal to read the article, I recommend it. It's just a discussion about what we need to do, the next steps, and including talking about restaurants, talking about how we think restaurants need to navigate their journey in the next step. So yeah, check it out. Again, it's social distancing is not enough by Derek Thompson from the Atlantic. We'll put a little link to it on our Instagram and our Twitter. Hopefully you uh, find something uh, enlightening in it. Catherine, what do you got? Okay. I know you're going to think this is so silly and I don't know how to get this across in a more fancy way, but I was truly inspired this week when I had to put on a nice shirt 
I have been wearing a t-shirt and jeans to work and, you know, we're kind of low-key at home. And I had an interview, a socially distant six-foot interview with somebody this week that I'm considering for a job. And I had to wear something nice. And I am telling you, I felt so great. I put on the earrings. I had the blouse. I had different shoes. I'm telling you, I felt so good. So I don't know. I want to say to everybody out there, find a reason to put on something nice. And whether that's for your backyard or for your partner or just for yourself, do your hair. I don't know. Honestly, I know that's so silly and simple, but really, it made my week. I hear you. And this is a conversation for another time, but I was thinking about the last time. I wore a button-down shirt or anything like that. So, yeah, maybe maybe find an excuse to, to gussy up. When are we going to do that? I would say we need to schedule it in. Yeah, have a little date night here. Yeah, exactly. That's like a sitcom. No, no, it's we got to do it. Okay. Let's do it for this podcast yeah, next week yeah. and we'll film it. Yeah. I'll wear a dress, you wear button-down, and we'll do it. Episode 35. <laughs> it's our like our homecoming. Yeah. The prom episode. All right, that's it. Episode 34. Episode 34 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to our show. Really excited about what we have planned for this summer, so continue to stay tuned. Thank you again to everyone who rates, reviews, and subscribes to our show. We'd love to see more of those come in if you have extra couple minutes in your day to do that. We'd love it. It means a lot to us to hear what you are thinking out there. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Catherine Wild Coker, and you can find The Long Finish on Instagram at The Long Finish. And you can find us both on Facebook. I'm Catherine Wild Coker, and The Long Finish is The Long Finish. You can find The Long Finish on Twitter at TLF Pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. This was a fun one. I really enjoyed this tonight. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Stay safe. Stay safe. Drink Pet Nat. Drink Pet Nat. We are, we're going to make shirts. Say that. Yeah, practice social distancing. We'll see you back here next week. And until then, happy drinking. Ciao.